Okay. Hi. Hi. This is Avant Gossip, and I'm Jackie. I'm Hope, and we read about art and design, and then we talk about it. Yeah, we get excited. We go down rabbit holes of just whatever we really want, but it's usually focused around design, art, culture. Fashion. Yeah. And that's that's all there is to it, folks. We just, our undeniable chemistry... <laughs> kind of fills in the rest yeah exactly um and today and we're still doing this bit which we call what's trending for you yeah and hope do you want to go first sure uh trending for me is being christ-like okay christ-like yeah i feel like just i've had a lot of things in common with jesus in the past week for example wait are you 33 yeah and you just turned no you're about to turn 34 then i just turned 33 Okay. Wow. I'm like, I know your birthday was recent or it's upcoming. It's okay. My dad got my birthday wrong in my in his card to me. He was like, your 34th year is going to be your best, which I guess, is it my 34th year now? Yeah. No, you just turned 33, you said. Yeah. So I've lived 33 full years. Oh and my God. Now I'm living my 34th. This is, we're girl mathing hard right now. Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Wait, so are you, were you asking because of Jesus's age? Yeah. He died when he was 33. That's called the Christ year. You didn't know that? You're feeling Christ-like in your Christ year. Fuck. Wait, and I wonder, I feel like my, did Lauren say something about? Who's Lauren? Oh, she said it was was my year of perfection, the astrologer. Oh, yeah. Okay, anyway. Oh, yeah, she did. Lauren Ash, shout out to our girl Lauren Ash. Anyways. Yeah, so in the past week, so I volunteered with Habitat for Humanity yesterday uh, with, you know, my partner's family and, oh my God. So Jesus, like, so Jesus, like carpentry. And I, I know carpentry is different than building a house. Don't explain it to me cause I don't <laughs> care. But, um, yeah, so I did that. They, it was like very, I very much thought I was going to be doing menial tasks and they kept giving us like actual things like using a nail gun, but like while on top of a ladder, I mean, yeah, they're like, we got volunteers here. We're going to put them to work. They're not playing around. They're not hiring. They're they're not hiring builders. No. Who could do it maybe 10 times faster. And better. Definitely. That's what's so shoddy about Habitat for Humanity. I'm like, these people that know nothing about building a house. I, you know, I definitely have mixed feelings about it and about, you know, the typical nonprofit structure in general. I, I do feel like I need to be doing more so I was like, okay, you know, this is better than, I think this is better than nothing Some in some ways. Yeah. Uh, but I did Google afterwards, like, Habitat Humanity volunteer death, because I was like, <laughs> how do people, so many people survive this experience? I like, mean, truly. Brian was like, why do they keep giving you such hard jobs? Which I was, because he's, like, constantly afraid. I'm, like, because I'm very careless. I mean, yes, that's, like. <laughs> so, like, I could die in that situation, and Brian But here's the it. thing. You never do. I mean, I haven't yet. Okay, but I feel like you escape flawless, like nothing ever happens. Yeah, yeah. And I have no fear and it's so dangerous. So we did that. I also feel like I fed 5,000 this week. I don't. Did, do you know that Bible story when Jesus fed 5,000? Yeah, of course. It of was course. like yeah. with, with his with his bread. Was there fish involved? Bread. Lo- yeah, loaves and fish. Yeah. And so it was like he he didn't have enough. He'd like really under under planned for this event. Yeah. Honestly, it's the planning. I know. And I was like, so I I feel like I fed 5,000 because I fed my coworkers, my family and my friends this week. I cooked just so much food for people, which was lovely. Um, But then I I started thinking 
about Jesus feeding 5,000 because I guess I feel I, I clearly exaggerate my accomplishments. But so did he. I sort of feel like there had to have been I feel like there were women behind it who were like, yeah, he came to town without telling us again yeah for sure and he's like oh all my friends need miracles and they're like what they need is fucking lunch dude and you didn't plan any foods so yeah then, his whore friends right you know his slutty friends who actually get shit done were like let's get it let's let's help him out and they're like it's a miracle but really it's like the labor of women <laughs> yeah yeah exactly in the back just cutting up loaves and right. like making they're sure like everybody calling has up their friends being like listen i need a favor like do you have any you have any loaves you got any loaves <laughs> um a hundred percent and another thing women are good storytellers and the key to storytelling is exaggerating so they definitely were like oh we had to feed like five thousand that's what's really hard for me i i find it really hard to people to talk to people who don't acknowledge or understand when you're exaggerating and like when you know you're exaggerating and they'll kind of react to you as if you're being serious and exact and it's just a pain anyway so i'm like jesus and yeah what's trending for you yeah what's trending i've been making a lot of things i think that's just like a trend in general in my life i'm constantly making shit you know i'm always building something i'm always like tinkering around and one thing that you guys are going to see later on is a (laughs) cabinet shelf right here but it's like a thing that murphy style and I follow a Murphy table, a Murphy table. And that's just one of my projects. I have like two other projects aside from that. And one of them I've completely forgot about and keep on remembering when I pass it, which is the key to being ADHD and getting projects done is leaving it out. Otherwise, you'll just never remember again. So that's how I manage. Yeah, but then you constantly have that l- hanging over your head, which I guess you're that, OK with. Yeah, well, that's the in key the service of getting it done. Yeah, I got to write it down to my agenda eventually mm-hmm. I know I can ignore it and feel okay with it because I know eventually I'll get to it in my head I'm just like okay that's for next month that's for next month mm-hmm. and if I haven't gotten to it by next month then it's the climb yeah and I uh <laughs> followed this YouTube video to a T and got all my materials and then started making it and realized that the YouTuber had no idea what they were doing they made a very poor structured uh Murphy table and decided to post it and it was Did like not like look watch the end of the video i watched the whole video step by step with them and she really tried to make it look like it was great and i never i'm like this did not hold up for more than a year possibly so we're gonna see like yeah i relate to that because when i like would post upcycles of like things i'd upcycled half the time i'd like wear it a couple times and i'd be like oh this fits like shit but i didn't post tutorials yeah i feel like this is misleading because they like at the end weren't they were like "Ooh, look what i did and honestly i hated her whole entire vibe she was like she was like married uh she wore those like fall like heterosexual like fall girl hats like the big rimmed hats Uh this was she i think she posted it in 2016 Uh um probably some like I don't know. That kind of aesthetic. Yeah, for sure. And then like part of that aesthetic is not being honest about the things that you're making. (laughs) Or just like living in living a bit of a fantasy. Yeah. And just like being like, yeah, I made this by my I designed it myself. And I was like, clearly you designed it by yourself because it's uh, y'all will see. I'm going to like make probably a video about it because it's just so funny how like it's just and it's been viewed by a lot of people i'm like this is reckless people are just following you because like i just assume everybody's an expert when they make a video no 
and because i've made so many things from following a youtube video right yeah so people don't trust yeah i mean i feel like with recipes too like i i usually will reference like several before yeah making something but i mean it's gonna look great it's gonna look really great it's gonna look a little um diy which i do like and we did some revamping. When I say we, me and uh, Hope and I did some re- – or Ryan and I did some ho- – Hope, you're going to have to put in some work, too, with this, if that's okay. What? With my um, soon-to-be Murphy Murphy cabinet. Murphy, yeah, okay. Uh, I might need you to hold it. Maybe Ryan needs to drill it in while we're both holding it. I need more hands for it. So that's the other thing. It's really annoying to make cabinetry – by yourself speaking of artistry projects we're discussing hilma af clint today i'm excited you've been on a journey i've been on a serious journey with this queen um i sort of feel like if we don't get a little manic while researching our topics then it's it's not a good topic yeah what have you heard about hilma well i went to a exhibit at the fry that was about the occult and there was like Oh, we went to that together, and there was some, some Hilma. I really I don't think just, it was about the cult. Was it? Yeah. At, I, one, at one point, we went, and that it was about yeah. It. <laughs> you went to the the, or maybe I wasn't with you, but uh, we definitely looked at a book together about the cult. But yeah. I don't know if the subject content was cult. Okay. Uh, cult. Yeah. At the time, we went anyway, but um, yeah, I don't know much. <laughs> mystic. It's mystic. That's all I really know. Yeah. So or I think you have told me more than that, but I've forgotten. Yeah. I it's mean, a perfect audience, really. I I think there was a, like in 2019, there was a huge, um, like, what's it called? Exhibit at the, at the Guggenheim. And it was like, it's one of the most like attended to, um, exhibit like ever or something Hmm. first thing i want to say the reason i think i was so drawn to hilma in general is that she really was into wonderment Hmm. she was really captured by the things around her and she was not afraid to be bold and excited about it and she found her little clique of friends that were also excited about it and got weird and i just i think that is something that not even just her art was amazing but i think it's the i i appreciated her true wonder of the world like she just got into her little yeah things yeah that's inspiring i'm already inspired i'm already inspired <laughs> um okay she made uh, abstract art in the early 1900s um and then hid herself her stuff away inquired that nothing be open for like 20 years her first abstract piece after her death 20 years after her death her first abstract piece was in 1906 being the first person to start doing abstract art that we know of. I mean, there were other women um, that were also, but she was the f- first professionally trained doing uh, abstract art and not Kandins- Kandinsky, which changes and alter art history like all around. Abstract art does. Like the history of, uh, of art in general. Because everybody says Kandinsky was the first person to start abstract art. It's crazy to me when people actually try to attribute it to one person. It's like, we are we are all it's like hive it's like basically denying hive mind words and that's kind of what i mean hilma gets into it's because it's like their belief was well i'll explain we'll talk we'll discuss more because it's like 
yeah, things are in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're reacting to the same thing that other people are reacting to, and the, and if you're not, then it's actually not that meaningful of art, in my opinion. Exactly, and a lot of people were making abstract, like people were on the tinge of it. How it's, it was all happening during this period of time, you know, and mm-hmm. then there's a reason that Picasso did it during the period he was doing, you know, mm-hmm. like all that right. stuff was happening. Like, right, surrealism came out of World War One, whatever. Um. Let's get started, shall we? Okay, so... Okay, setting the stage, Sweden. Okay, this is where she lives. Pretty cool place, right? Yeah, well, not really, okay? I'm um, really into their rugs right now, Swedish rugs. What are, What's so special about Swedish rugs? I like that it's a... They have kind of like... Cute patterns that... Great description. <laughs> well, I don't feel very safe in this conversation <laughs> yeah well okay it's like a pattern that doesn't make me feel like i'm appropriating native american nice you know nice. what i mean and yeah. it's not floral yeah and it's not um super memphis you yeah. know it's yeah. traditional but it feels like oh, but and it's kind of it's mid-century basically okay um yeah that's what they're they're best known for their lines you know mm-hmm. and they're using less but making you know different lines does mm-hmm. that make sense mm-hmm. i hope it does okay um at, around the turn of the 1800s this english english feminist writer mary wallenstonecraft do you have you ever heard of her Mm-mm. i feel like we should have known about her but we weren't told about her in school so i think we and i wrote that down <laughs> um moving on so mary visited sweden and she was like absolutely fucking not this is horrendous and okay, she's a writer from England, and yeah. she went to Sweden. She went to Sweden, and she was appalled. She said, in her words, the men stand up for the dignity of men by oppressing the women. So I'm going to repeat that again. The men stand up for the dignity of men by oppressing the woman. Hmm. So the way to be a man was to just be mean to women, basically. Interesting. And that was the style. Um, and not a lot of the ch- change had happened in that kind of area when Af Klimt was born, essentially. So Hilma is the last name is of Clint. Yeah, great question. So she was born into a naval. You didn't ask a question, actually, but I'm like, well, it was uh, was it a prompt? Yeah, it was a curiosity. <laughs> we'll say that. Yeah. Well, off was it, it's like Vaughn in Germany, which means you're of nobility, and her family. She was born into like sailors and seamen. <laughs> um, and she like her like, you know, grandfather and great uncle brothers like cartographed the ocean and for the king of Sweden. So they got the off okay. to show that the respect of nobility. OK, so once you get that, you always have it. doesn't mean they were rich by any means. It was just like, good job. You get to add something to your last name. Yeah, exactly. So, and like, that's kind of her story. She lived on islands. Like she was born on an island um, in Sweden. You know, she was always kind of a coastal baby. She was always influenced um, by the ocean and the water and all her artwork and stuff. And she knew a lot about, you know, sea stuff. I have no idea what that looks like because I... Honestly, I'm terrified of the sea and 
don't even people bring it up and i'm like can we stop like it kind of like freaks me out wow i mean that's a rational fear thank you i feel like i'm suppressing judgment about women who make art about the ocean right now i mean understandably but again it's anyone who makes art about the ocean even though that's like it's so stupid because the ocean is yeah really scary magical whatever and it makes sense to make art about it but i just can't stop thinking about like seashell art totally like mom that was is making art to express herself kind of but just like gluing seashells on like a lampshade hilma being born born in sweden in the time that she was born is basically a lot of the women aspect like the woman part of it like she was born a woman not a man she would have been a seaman if she was born a man but she wasn't she was born a woman again in sweden um and she wanted to become an artist and to be clear being an artist as a woman still pretty fucking hard mm-hmm. and one of my mentors was telling me because she um had married an artist and divorced him and she was an artist too and she was like never marry another artist uh, because who's who's gonna give it up first it's not gonna be the man yeah um and so that was kind of like her take on it and that's that still goes on today but like it wasn't even till 1971 that American art history began to challenge this fallacy, which it was known that like it was a known truth that people used that women could not be great artists. That was essentially the idea. And that was the rhetoric that was around being an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and this woman, I didn't write her name, but it's like Linda. Um <laughs> <laughs> shout out to linda <laughs> 1971 hopefully we're not burying your history you know, by this butchering is, your name this is a famous essay you can easily google it and you'll figure out her last her first and last name um i do feel bad that i didn't write down but why have there been no great artists no great women art- artists and linda challenged ideas of how there are no great women artists because they cannot be great it was essentially because they've never been supported to be an artist there was no the society that we were guided into didn't really encourage women artists so her points were like let's blame the institution not the women which i feel like you can even take one step further which is like it's not that they maybe and even the ones that are great artists just aren't being given recognition it's like so much of being a a quote-unquote artist is like how you're received by people so it's like you can't really be a good quote-unquote artist if like because that's a moral value exactly or it's just like who's running who's making these decisions or the right. people in power and the people in power aren't women so they yeah so it's, it's, it's like pretty cut and dry <laughs> yeah and her this was a quote that I really really liked and again let's remember Helma is an artist in like the turn of the century so this is it's crazy but a female artist had no better chance of greatness than a tennis player growing up in the, on the North Pole. <laughs> that is such a wacky metaphor. But it, I think it, I think it puts the point of like, yeah, we're just like put in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's not the tennis player that isn't awesome and amazing tennis player. It's just like where and when we are born. Mm-hmm. Like I said, she was part of this like off, which meant nobility. And also something about her family, she has was born into a religious home. Um, same baby, same religious trauma was probably built in her spine, you yeah, know. Right. And and another thing about Helma is she was 
I'm almost pretty sure trans. Okay. But I can't, she never like could probably live in a man's body or even say she ever wanted to be a man, but she did play around a lot with gender and she Hmm. saw herself as like a masculine figure. Hmm. And she definitely, I can't like that, you know, they do that whole thing and they were friends. Right. But she had a lot of close female friends. Uh Uh-huh. If you know what I mean. (laughs) A real girl's girl, that Hilma. (laughs) Truly. That's why I love her, like, to the core. Yeah. The thing about her, she was born in a religious home. And the thing about religion, it kind of sucks, you know? Um, I don't know know if you've heard. I don't know. Like, like the church just didn't like women. And this includes that. Um, The politicians in her home, like, everybody went to the church, right? Like, everybody, that's, like, where you went on Sundays. And the people that were clergymen were also politicians. So it's all very entrenched in religion. Like, and it was Christianity, too. They didn't worship Thor anymore, which mm. is a bummer. Thor was like a Swedish god? You didn't know that? Norwegian, I think. Okay. But, you know, it's all that Viking shit. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they, they still had weird, like, what, Midsummer vibes? Uh-huh. I, I didn't mean, see it, but I know the aesthetic. You haven't seen it? Uh-uh. Wow. I can't believe that. You Why? Because it's one of the more popular ones. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like everyone had already seen it. And then by the time, I don't know. I've been slow to like the A24 game. I mean, honestly, don't waste your time. Yeah. Midsummer's the only okay one. <laughs> um. Anyway, so, and guess what? Women weren't allowed to study the word of God. Surprise. Shocking. Bummer. That is a bummer. Because like, we love the word of God. (laughs) (laughs) Just so rude. I mean, anytime someone's like, you can't read this, you should just not trust them. For real. You can read. I believe in you. And I don't know. There's something really fun. And this is what the girls, the girls want to girls. They want to girly and they want to like get weird with religion. And, you know, one thing about religion is it's wacky. So, to be a clergyman, you do weird rituals. It'd be like it'd be too it'd be too fun if the girls got involved, you know. So basically, it's no it's no shock that when the turn of the century happened, spiritualism we got to become really popular, and women were the leaders of it. It's because they got to study metaphysics, they got to be fucking woohoo with their shit finally, and they took positions of power. Wait, what allowed them to be woohoo with their shit? Like spiritualism and the and so like the advent of that like quote unquote religion or belief. Yeah, so, so that was early nineteenth nineteen hundred turn of the century. Yeah, it was like late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. There was a shift, and a lot of it had to do with the oppression of women in religious aspects. I huh. think women were looking for another out, but that's just one kind of section of it but this is just something to consider like many women get to, got to be mediums in these and hmm. were like writers and essentially like like started cults i guess you could right. say it makes sense because it's kind of like an intuition led belief exactly. and women are, are like the more intuitive you know i guess like oh, it's just like again it's like fun or femininity is, in, is like associated with intuition and yeah fun it's like weird they're doing like it's not about power because it's about it's about communication. It's about the collective. Right. It's about talking. It's about talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking to people who are alive, talking to people who are dead, it's animals just, who. Yeah. Yeah. It's just chatting. Yeah. It's just chit chat. No one is uh, 
immune. We were going to try to talk to everyone. Yeah, exactly. Helma's little sis, Jimenez, Jimenez, dies at 10 years old. We're not really sure why. Um, but we know it's it was sudden. It was probably like typhoid or something um, or ammonia because that was very popular back then and killed a lot of children. Very popular with the youth. It was happening. But Hilma really wanted to like find a way to talk to her sister. And this was kind of her entrance into her spirituality. Yeah. And she loved her little sister. Like she vibed with even though she was like 18 when she died and she was like eight years older. She just like, you know, had a lot of tenderness toward her little one. Mm-hmm. Um, and vibed with her anyways. Um, and she talked a little bit about it throughout her years and like, he was cute, you know, and she really was like, I really would like to talk to her. And I think that's sweet and sentimental. Yeah. And, um, that was her way of getting into it. Like I said, um, but also like, let's like women were looking for like answers essentially. And also sh- like, this was a time period where a lot of shit was like happening. Um, when she was two, Scotsman James Clerk Maxwell saw light as a, an electromagnetic wave. He was like, hey, I figured this out. Electromagnetic waves are why we can see colors in light, hmm. which is crazy. Totally. And she was four when the transatlantic telegram pole was laid down in Europe. Um, she was uh, or she was four when that happened. And then she was eight when Darwin talked about evolution for the first time. Mm-hmm. And then when she was 11, this book called The Revolution Limit came out and improved like the microscope. The discovery of pathogens happened and then like X-ray machines occur- like were mm-hmm. suddenly readily available um, you know, the atom was kind of discovered and people were talking about splitting it. I mean, like uranium, Marie Curie, like all this stuff was yeah. happening. Yeah. A lot of advents in, in science. A lot. And basically people were getting to believe that the invisible could be visible because a lot of that was what was They were like, listen, there's a lot going on that we hadn't realized. So like what else could there be? Exactly. There was just like, holy shit. Yeah, our eyes aren't our. It was trippy. It's like doing a hit of acid. It's like we all know these things to be truths now because we've lived in that. But like, imagine being that part of life where not only like the train and the car were happening, like the speed of <laughs> speed was happening, but like also you could talk to people on phones. Mm-hmm. You could. You were finding out this thing called the atom exists, and it's like the building block of our system. I mean, do world. you think that that was like a huge thing that hit the scene? Because like, were they immediately? T- t- like, how big of a new piece of news was this, do you think? Oh, huge. People had salons and stuff. Sharing information. But, like, among the very educated. Like, how much for the average person? I think for the average person. Interesting. I would say it depends on where we're talking about. But, like, in Sweden, in Europe, like, even the poor knew about this. Hmm. Again, the sweatshops in America, probably not everybody knew about that because they were surviving. But, and a lot of people were working for the sweatshops. But, like... In general, there was a shift in culture and it was all happening because all these discoveries, evolution was a big one. Um, Even Thomas Edison was like, I'm pretty sure we can talk to the dead with one of my like phones (laughs) that I'm coming up with. No big deal. And he said that to New York Times and they like printed it. And he was like, oh, I call it the spirit phone. And he had like machinery looking at it. And he like, I think truly believed it. They let white men say whatever they want and they don't get made fun of. Yeah, I know. White men of being like, 
self-driving cars they're gonna be everywhere literally every year for like 20 years they're gonna be everywhere they're gonna be everywhere like really soon yeah and i feel like girlies get made fun of to just be like delusional and i'm like this is the most delusional thing i've ever heard and it was and it was like celebrated totally anytime you're saying anything radical but i just love imagining that yeah like phones would just come out and you're like i don't know who i'm gonna be able to talk to on this thing but it's opening up some options yeah well he literally was like I, he probably wasn't he probably hired somebody because he's like that he like stole ideas and stuff but he was like writing down plans for it and then you know of course he scrapped it because that's not possible unfortunately or is it <laughs> <laughs> anyways um yeah so well, the thing that's cool about Hilma is that she wanted to talk to spirits and she did talk to spirits so that's pretty cool um she didn't actually directly talk to them. I think she had mediums that really like kind of helped her talk to them and people were used as vessels to talk to them. I don't think she was ever the one leading the mediumship uh, is what I was understanding or medium, but she was definitely very a part of seances. Oh, and then she also believed that artists had like elevated senses. Mm. They, she really thought like artists could leave, lead this kind of spiritism, whatever it's called, because they were already just so sensitive to the world because they had to be to paint you had to be aware of color you had to be aware of movement you had to be aware of like the unseen aspects i guess mm -hmm. she got excited uh, or get accepted into the royal academy of fine arts when she was 20 which is crazy i mean women were allowed to when she turned eight like women are allowed to were considered free people which was a big deal but it was because like so many men were like going outside the country for jobs and like leaving women like it mm. got to a point where like sweden was like we obviously have to do something it wasn't because they like believed in women's rights they were like our economy is like falling apart right it's like during world war ii where they're like okay ladies get you can you can work yeah right exactly now. it's never about women's like you have to find a roundabout way to get like and it's always like the economy you just have to find the economy right behind women's rights a dozen women were enrolled when she was enrolled. So this had been happening like... A dozen out of like how many? Huh? Like how many people were in the program total? You I think? don't know. But I know a dozen women were part of it. But they were like the women and the men were completely separate. Okay. And there's like a quote where a man was like, I didn't... I had literally no idea where the women were. The only reason I knew that they were there is because of the constant smell of coffee. <laughs> 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 which i appreciate um but they were completely separated and i mean still a lot of people weren't down for women even practicing art like it was still like kind of crazy that they were doing that and it was really ahead of their time that they were even accepting women mm. and they were painting naked men which was also extremely liberal for that time hmm. they'd um, get like a nude model or whatever mm -hmm. and the novel i was reading called like friday night club or something they made it sound like she drew one of her lovers and I'm like, is that true? Did she ever sketch a naked woman? And we just don't know about it. Hmm. But they made it sound like that happened. And I kind of believe it. Okay. Um, and she writes about this time period in art school very fondly. She, the task consisted of reproducing, but she had no ideas of her own. She really wasn't thinking creatively. That's something that in our um, art history, like what was his name? The guy, the lawyer that like started collecting art um now that uh, i can't remember john, something john wow i did so much research and i can't fucking remember this guy's name Woo! but yeah he did a lot of like collecting and he was like disappointed in america because they were just reproducing and not like coming up with anything new or like of art and uh -huh. that's what she was doing at the time too like it was more about like practicing what the masters had practiced and that's what she did 
Yeah. And she was into it or she was, or no, I guess not. Cause she, I mean, she doing- was into it. She had a, like, you know, she met her girlfriends. She was basically going to an all girls art school. Sounds a lot of fun. She was just dream. practicing her craft. Mm-hmm. She wasn't thinking much about doing her own thing yet. Mm-hmm. You know, she was just building those. You got to build the skills first. You got to copy Truly. the greats like for a long, long time. Truly. You really do. 10,000 hours as they say. Uh-huh. Um, I hate 5, that I said that. 6,000 minutes. <laughs> Not related. How, is that a, it's a year. You need to probably do more than a year of practice, Definitely. quite honestly. Okay, this is where she props met Anna Castle. Um, where she what? Met Anna Castle, which is like became a lifelong friend and definitely, definitely love her. There's no my question. My, and I mean, I guess I am like somewhat questionable of it, but... It's like I'm 85% sure if they, if not had an, a sexual relationship, they definitely had a, like a deep emotional relationship. Yeah. And her last name is Castle. Yeah. Um, so cute. Yeah, it is cute. Um, and they were really obsessed with each other. They did literally everything together. So that's cute. Love that. I really love it, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry I can't be that for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just like, I don't think anybody could do that for me personally, just because I am such a I, I am such a like got to do my own thing um, by myself for so long. Um, but I do want somebody on call at all times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> she eventually left behind the spiritist path and started to like look for other ways. Still doing like seances and stuff, but like the spiritist was a certain sector, the sector of belief that didn't really align with her I guess she was wanting more and Spiritus was just like talking to the dead she wanted to like talk to more than the dead okay Anna Castle though um let's go back to her okay Mm -hmm. she's independently wealthy which is really cool great for Anna (laughs) that I think that's gonna work out well for her yeah it is and they were besties like I said um and they shared nearly everything which really helped out Helma because Anna, again, was independently wealthy. Her dad died when she was young, leaving her mom and sisters um, a bunch of money, like, to live off forever, and then then some. So that's a dream. Yeah. Dad dies, and it's just mom and the gals? Yeah. Are you kidding mom me? Mom and the gals with money. I mean, I don't want my dad to die, but I do <laughs> like the idea of someone giving me a lot of money. Exactly, exactly. Um, they both came to the assumption um, eventually that Ginger was just a concept, um this is all the things they shared they shared like a book of art um they both had an idea of being full-time artists this idea of free society they probably even shared some spit just saying um they you know just really got into the same things and ideas together which fun um and Hilma painted Anna several times. Anna painted Hilma. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's giving yeah, lesbian. It's yeah. It's giving There's definitely some intimacy here, regardless of what kind. <laughs> Together, they studied. Uh, they decided not to study in France. Like everybody was studying in France at one point because that's where women went to get better at their craft. And there was like a couple private schools that would accept women. Um, but like the public state school art schools, like the prestigious ones, w- still did not allow women to be accepted in schools. But there was the Paris Salon, which was it's, it's still pretty famous. I think I mean, like I know it in art history as a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and women tried to submit there while they were practicing there. So that was a big kind of thing that was happening for women artists that wanted to be recognized. Um, they were really pushing against the grain because it's like, you're probably not going to get accepted. Like it was really impossible for women to get accepted to the Paris salon. Hmm. Um, and they were like, no, nah, I think we're just going to actually stay here and study, um, you know, Sweden. And so they kind of went to an island together, hung out just them and then like painted the sea a bunch of times. And I love that vibe. Yeah. What a trip. What a vacay. Yeah. They were like, I'm not going to do the bachelor party thing. They were like, I don't know. They decided not to go clubbing. They decided to just hang out and like relax. The bachelor party thing? I was just thinking of like when like women get together. Boy. Okay. Or just bachelorette oh, parties. I see. I see. I see. Right. And yeah, where every girl's like, we're going to Las Vegas or Nashville. Right. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They get matching. Um, what are those things called where you, it's like you drink out of them with a straw? Dick? No, like um, the things like the Tornadoes? to go. The to go. Tornadoes. No, it's like tumblers. That tumblers. I feel like tornadoes and tumblers might be the same thing. Okay. I didn't know I've never heard of tumblers. I didn't know what a tornado is. Oh, well, I don't know what a tumbler is. It's like is. what you would go, like back in the bit. day, you'd go bring it to Starbucks to get your ice drink in. Oh, never mind. I know what a tumbler is. Why did we call them that? I don't know. Yeah, you're like, I don't care either. Moving on. <laughs> okay, eventually in 1896, Anna and Hilma joined these three other women with whom she, like, they would later be called the five, which I love this five. This is what really draw drew me to Hilma was like she and her maybe probably lover got together with their three besties yeah. and said, let's do some seances. Mm -hmm. Let's get weird. They made a girl gang name. They did. They called themselves the five, even though over time it was like 13 or something. Right. Right. But those eight knew that they weren't the original five and they were probably really jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. I mean, there's definitely fights. It, yeah. It's so funny. Um, they also wore bro brooches, like matching brooches. Which, like a badge of honor, which I think is so cute. And she wore her brooch to the day she died. Wow. Dedicated to the cause. But one thing that drew them all close together was the fact that they believed in um, this theosophy. Theosophical teachings. Okay, of, wait, hold on. Can we at least Google what that... So that means like the study of religion? No. Okay, what does it mean? That's theology, baby. Theology. Okay. It doesn't mean anything. It's just, a, it's a belief. It's like not a religion. They're very big on not saying it's a religion, but it's just a belief. Got it. Yeah, any philosophy, any number of philosophy, philosophies maintaining that a knowledge of God may be achieved through spiritual ecstasy, direct intuition, or special individual relations, especially the movement founded in 1875 as the Theosoph theosophical society by helena blavatsky and henry yeah okay cool yeah so exactly it literally means nothing like i said <laughs> they're like it can mean anything it's like finding god by like being a human the teachings had a lot of like eastern philosophy mixed in with it it was very amer she was a she wasn't born blavatsky wasn't born in america but she was an american um and like i don't know just like the co it was very popular combined and like mystify eastern religion and uh, mix it with some western stuff and like theory and, and like i don't love that but i i do like to get weird i like to get into rituals i like to get funky um mm -hmm. so 
I get where they're coming. They're bored. You know, what else? I just can't. You can't be mad at these women for, you know, they're bored and they know that Christianity ain't it. Yeah, exactly. So they're just looking for stuff and they're trusting everybody's word, too. Like when they read stuff, they're like, this is God. This is fact. Yeah. Um, So they were very interested in the paranormal. And again, every Friday night they would meet up and do seances. Um, They would open each meeting with a prayer followed by a a meditation, a a Christian sermon, and then a review and analysis of a text from the New Testament. And then they would be followed by a seance. They had this like altar that they would like bow down to. Definitely had the cross on it. There's a lot of cross symbolisms. Christianity is still very much involved in their practice. Don't love that. But again, they're taking from what they know. They're taking most of the bad stuff out of it. Yeah. And they're also like... They don't, that was, you're a product of your culture. You're a product of your surroundings. So like they couldn't really think outside of Christianity because that was. Plus you don't want to come up with all new branding. The cross is a very powerful symbol. Yeah. Recognizable. Very weird one, but yes. Agreed. Um, I mean, even with like, I feel like the cross is still a symbol that's like used by people who are more on the satanic end of things. Yeah. Upside on cross is sick quite honestly i'm very attracted to it anyways they opened uh okay yeah yeah i already said that so yeah they, they wear the little brooches that they probably made together they're all artists in some capacity um and yeah the spirits they talked to were very kind just like casper you know but they casper was a dead person they didn't talk to just dead people okay they talked to beings spirits so yeah not former humans just eternal yeah yeah exactly like not angels but they just existed you know in the infinite infinite world you know yeah okay the spirits were kind they spoke of love peace humility apprenticeship and i'm like of course it was like that of course the girls were vibing and they were like oh my god it feels so good to be loved I also love learning under someone skilled. Yeah, exactly. Is that what you said? Apprenticeship? Yeah, they, yes, exactly. (laughs) So adorable. (laughs) They really wanted to learn more about, they're like, can we study underneath? That's what I love about femininity is like this. I'm not saying that all women or femmes are humble or that you have to be humble or anything, but I feel like I just, I love learning from people but I feel like it puts me in a vulnerable position if I'm always asking questions and like totally wanting to, you know what I mean it's like people feel like they have to act confident and like they already know everything but it actually imp- impedes their yeah have education. I gone on my rant about that I don't know where I'm just like why do we have to why does this idea of like acting confident just not asking questions right why can't I look like an idiot What's the problem with looking like an idiot? Like, yeah, I constantly ask questions and I feel like people like nod like they didn't know either. They, and, Yeah, they don't. And I'm like, I'm always the one asking. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's so annoying in that sense. And I also just like, I remember one of my like bosses was telling me, he's just like, just, you know, stay confident, turn it around on them. And no. I said, I don't like that. No, man. That's coming from a place of insecurity, you know? Like, and it's not like a coming from a place of wanting to 
do the right thing or what makes sense or like right it's just wanting to not get blamed and not lose that's what i'm saying it's so fucked that's up. what i know it's I'm just, so tiring it's so exhausting work sucks and that's all they want you to do is fake it till you make it and this imposter syndrome which i do believe people are imposters and sometimes like they're in fields that they should, probably shouldn't be or something and everybody's like oh, i feel weird i was like because it's not because of you it's because the society has pressured you to present a certain way like you're not allowed to look like an idiot like you should be allowed to look like an idiot mm -hmm. anyways that's my rant yeah i'm here for it if we all started to like accepting idiots it'd be more fun one we'd laugh a lot more mm -hmm. you know we just would um okay so they recorded in a book a completely new system of mystical thought in form of messages from higher spirits called the high masters i mean the translation is hogo master i'm of course probably butchering that butchering that but I tried one Gregor higher spirits announced all the knowledge that is not the senses, not of the intellect, not of the heart, but is the property that exclusively belongs to the deepest aspect of your being, the knowledge of your spirit. Hmm. That's so gay. The knowledge of your spirit is the highest form of knowledge. Again, metaphysics getting into the woohoo I, mean, I you vibe i am drawing a connection between vivian westwood's manifesto which was like the only truth is art it's like the only truth is your own truth mm -hmm. because like that's that's the only thing you can say that is fact it's like i'm this is how i feel yeah and that's what was really focused on like your kind of individual interest as well They're, they were like really big on not being called a religion just more of like a philosophical thing where you could really find your own path and your own interests of like what you decide to believe in. Mm -hmm. Um, all because they think like through not through learning your, your, your own spirit is just so vastly different from the next, but like engaging in it is part of the practice. So again, they met every Friday. I just, uh, honestly, I feel like you're mad at me. I feel like you're not, <laughs> I'm not mad at you. I, uh, we need to find like three other people that need to regularly. I mean, every week does, does seem like a lot for my schedule. Yeah. But, uh, maybe like once a month we meet mm. up, wear some brooches, get in some, I mean, maybe craft night could just get a little bit I more know. mystic, a little I, bit more witchy. I agree. I think I'm going to try to like just slowly, Start being like, hey, do you want me to read your tea leaves real quick for you? Yeah. Hey, you got a tampon that needs removing? I got you. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go to the bathroom? I'll help. <laughs> and I just start dashing people with water being like, oh, nothing. It's like, oops, sorry. <laughs> is that like holy water? Or is that like I, I guess wet so. t-shirt contest? <laughs> it's like, what is it? That's the thing. I'm like doing a ritual that no one knows. That's how I engage people. I just want to take a moment to imagine how fringe this behavior was at the time too. Like it's even fringe now because one, everybody's like, I'm lonely in uh, 2023, um, which but they then, are. like no one will hang out. It's a perpetual, you know, snake eating its tail situation. And also, I think people are also really afraid to get weird because we live in a society that we're constantly being watched in. So like there's less like. Yeah, it's like it feels really pervy to have a f no phone allowed party. It, it feels like, <laughs> but maybe necessary or you go someplace without. Yeah, I don't know. I've already kind of come up with stuff for my birthday that I want everybody. I'm going to make people do things because I want to get weird, mm. but not really. <laughs> I just want to make an art play project. Truth or dare? I mean, that would be fun. I would love to do a seance for my birthday. 
but I don't know. That seems like I'm almost scared to do a seance. Yeah, you should be. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I don't know. You open up portals. They never had a bad spirit. Mm. Do you not trust it? You think it's not real because they didn't have one bad Are spirit? They, is it like, oh, they never had a bad spirit? Like, no drug trip is a bad trip because even if it's horrifying, you like learn something? Good point. No, but they were always encouraging. They were like, go, Hilma, go. You got this. We want you to be the best, you know, or like they said, just like love is here. You know, there's going to be challenges ahead, but we love you. <laughs> yeah. They're just like very sweet. That Yeah. I love that. And I feel like, you know, maybe we think that spirits are going to be bad because that's like what we see in the media. You know, it's yeah. always like a seance is never a part of like a calm plot point yeah. in a movie. So like, uh, which makes sense. It, it's not cinematic to like talk to a spirit and have the spirit just kind of like act like a life coach. Exactly. And all we need in this life is a free life coach. Mm -hmm. Remember, they're mm -hmm. artists that are taking their craft seriously. They actually give a fuck. They're not married. None of, like I think one of them is married. And they're also like playing with gender. And then Helma like dressed up as a man in the novel that I read. I don't know if she actually ever did. But I think that tells you a little bit about like their belief was that there's a femininity and masculinity in everybody. Mm -hmm. And they were really the whole another thing that they believed was the, the binary has like completely broken off. And what they needed to was unite the binary. That was kind of like their whole thing, hmm. um, which I think is non-binary is what they're trying. They just ha didn't get there because um, it's but they believe basically the same concept, just yeah. different language. Yeah, exactly. It's like that language wasn't there yet. So mm -hmm. um, but there was a lot of like trying to like yeah combine the duality of things in mm -hmm. nature and just be like there's a little it's so nuanced and things are like you know merged with each other actually okay you guys oh they also believe the powers of nature corresponded with human spirit so essentially they thought theoretical theoretical revolutions were happening and which would be followed by like a revolution in practice so the application of knowledge they also like believe that everything was a reflection of this of the universe so they would think if there's a revolution happening in the sky essentially there it would be reflected on earth mm -hmm. so i'm kind of i kind of vibe with that i do too because i mean like again all these things that were the visible was or the invisible was coming visible and the fact that abstract art came out of it does not shock me mm. you know in fact world war one happened all around that same time period the revolution was happening around it's just like what revolution? Um, the industrial revolution. Oh, yeah. Um, things were all like happening that, of course, this like because one thing happens, another thing is going to happen in different fields because like we're all part of this. Practical Someone made knowledge. a train and next thing you know, I just want to say, do you think when people like made the railroad, they knew that there were going to be like old white men years later who like had a deep, deep obsession for trains? <laughs> um. I mean, I maybe I'm like, they probably were presently. I know people were like shocked and like couldn't believe that they exist and like right. really nerded out. But like right. trains had big fans from the beginning, from the beginning, for sure. That is kind of funny how like there's a group of people that absolutely are obsessed with trains and mini trains. I really wish I could remember the word that Abe taught me that was like, it's like a wino, but for trains. Yeah. And I'm like, you mean it's just like undiagnosed autism or something <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> anyway so they're like doing this for like 10 something years and finally there's this spirit 
that comes to them, Ananda, um, and it conveys uh, conveys conveys a lot of messages. Um, Ananda is a big spirit that they talk to a lot of the time, and Ananda and Anna technically like became one a lot because it would use Anna as a vessel, but Ananda was very important to them. Um, in 1906, this is when she first made her first abstract art piece. And mind you, she's 44 at this time, which I think is also iconic because I think really you start to like vibe out your life in your end of your 30s and 40s. Like I think you start to really kind of like figure what's going on, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, not to say things don't disrupt in your life, but like I feel like you probably set your like figured out if that career was your career. You probably either married or had a serious relationship at that point you know, you've experienced things like, I mean, I think being 30 today is pretty different than being 30 then. I don't know. I feel like I'm still figuring it out. I feel like my twenties were totally whatever. I know for you, that's your experience, but I'm saying that I think that being 30 today is different than in the 1920s. I mean, absolutely. But the fact that I'm just saying no age, don't stop you from like forties being like, I I think that's almost the beginning of a lot of people's lives. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and it was for her. And that's just like something we need to remember. 44 is when she came up with her first abstract art. And I think that's that's very encouraging to hear her first set of the paintings for the temple. She had like a collection called the paintings for the temple. And her first collection was called Primordial Chaos. And this was like showing an abstract concession. There was like a sense of like glowing radium in the darkness. There's a lot of blue and grains. That was like the colors that she chose because she water water and earth yeah um you know she also like drew from charts and logarithm from semen she talked about like you know how her oh so it kind of gives like a sense of mapping out the charter like of the abstract world but also like mapping out the stars probably yeah it's like when you look at a lot of these paintings you can you feel like you're looking in a microscope or you're like it's so vast and Mm. so large Mm. it's like those are the two options that you can fill which speaks to like unity between microscopic and uh macroscopic macroscopic yeah Yeah, exactly and and even beyond macroscopic like the earth like the earth as a whole like that yeah yeah like yeah it's very gaia it's giving gaia it's giving lsd trap it's giving spiral like golden ratio it's giving all that Um, (laughs) yeah fibonacci sequence yeah um and hilma and anna knew this kind of artwork was revolutionary Anna was also partaking in this I mean the whole five were like helping sketch out stuff with her so Hilma wasn't the only one doing it for the first few years like she they did everything together so doing this art was and and they were again they were artists and Ananda had asked them asked Hilma to take on this project and I think every other one was like I'm not going to do it and then they were like are you sure you want to do this Hilma and Hilma was like yeah I'm going to do this it's crazy that Hilma I don't know abstract art came out of this it's like, of course it did. That came out of what? The seances. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of this. The thing we've been talking about. Hope. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, right. Again, if we think about scary movies, but they're not scary. It's like someone talks to the dead and then they make a, like a drawing. It's usually like a little kid. A child. <laughs> and the drawing is like his mom dead on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to like have people look at the art and I guess be inspired um, and understand like some kind of higher truth. Hmm. Um, Afclant was already playing like with gender shifts, like I was talking about, and she was all about connection, connection of the spirit, matter, and believed that everyone had male and female person personas, like I said. 
Um, she kind of like showed that blue represent male and green rep- represents female, but obviously it could switch. Nothing was like, yeah, she's like, it's not a, a strict rule. Exactly. I, and that's the thing. I don't think there's any strict rules. Mm-hmm. Primordial chaos became like a chain reaction. She made a bunch of different art pieces. That one is like smaller in scale. And she just like painted a launch. Arrows came after that. There's a lot of pastel colors in arrows. A-R-O-S, not arrows, not mm. not Taylor Swift's fucking shit. Mm. It's like love, but cosmic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like it, it. I do hate when movies, there's that one, it's not Christopher Columbus. Who made the Harry Potter movies? Christopher. No, no, no. He made some other, st- people are yelling at us yeah. for not knowing. And yeah. he also did the Batman movies. I'm pretty sure. He also did the one movie with Matthew McConaughey and Anna Hathaway in space. And something happens, you know, things happen. And the end result was really, it's just love. Mm. I hate when movies end like that. I have to say. Okay. That's what I, that was my beef with everything everywhere all at once. Absolutely. I agree with you. It was like, oh, is it a complex world of quantum physics? No, it's just about generational trauma and it is but i don't like it being presented to me i don't know what it is like it's all about love yes i'm not disagreeing with you but like could we come up with a different answer i don't know it just made me feel like they didn't wrap up the world that they had created they just just they just flipped it on you and said it's actually a different world it's like i don't think i think that that's a cop out yeah i i again i'm like i'm vibing with this Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm also mad at the media that presents it to me. I'm like, this is mm-hmm, hack. Mm-hmm. We've gotten over this. It's right. not about just love, okay? I'm sick of it just being about love, okay? Right, right. I want something else. Okay, so anyways, Anna was making paintings with the five. Anna was also there, of course, because you know they were like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jackie um, just made some lewd gestures <laughs> with her hands for those <laughs> not watching on YouTube. Um, the beings absolutely loved it. They were like, Helma, you're doing great. The whole group, you're awesome. I really. The beings, the yeah, spirits. The spirits were. They like, liked the art. They were encouraging. They thought it was great. Again. Oh my God. I so love sweet. these spirits. I know, they're vibes. Um, literally. Um, <laughs> 1907 is when she started to enter into her largest work. And I think this is my. I want to see this so bad it's sounds incredible um it was the work of the 10 largest she was called to to have a canvas they were like okay this this is her talking to spirits and they like would give her dimensions and like ideas but the dimensions was 12 and a half or 12.9 by seven feet damn dude okay i love this now not only are they encouraging her they're giving her fucking prompts (laughs) they're like if Ken Yoakum was like really encouraging and ethereal. Ken Yoakum is one of our professors giving you a rating of him right now. So there you go. <laughs> He's not the worst one. I'll say that. No, I I really enjoyed him, but he did say some things that really discouraged me at yeah. times. I mean, same. He also, I also told, uh, made a joke, a Lou joke saying he was tossing salad. And I thought it would be funny if I said, did you get your PhD in tossing salad? <laughs> <laughs> I laugh every time. I laugh every goddamn time. And then time. he turned around and looked at me and said, or didn't say anything, just kind of looked at me like I was fucking crazy because he obviously knew. I was kind of delusional <laughs> to what I was actually saying. I love that because if he thought that you knew what you were saying, it's the most badass thing to say to a professor. I know. And then this part makes it extra badass. He looks at me and is like, what? And I thought he didn't hear me. <laughs> 
So I said this clear. I was like, did you get your PhD in tossing salad? I asked if you look asshole, dick. (laughs) And the other guy that was like teaching the workshop was dying of laughter. And everybody else was dead silent. It was awkward. Oh my, oh my god. god anyways he also saw me eat a, like a chunk of cheese like we made eye contact <laughs> and i was like had it, the the wrapper pulled down from the hawk like, like cheese that uh, i had eating it like a push pop yeah and he he looked at me and i we made eye contact and I went <laughs> bit right into it like maintaining eye contact i remember your cheese block era <laughs> Tillamook years I too was concerned <laughs> I think everybody was I like carried sauces around like it was like my purse <laughs> you just like have them hanging from your belt <laughs> it was an era of desperation and mania quite honestly and I have like bad IBS so I was like farting it up and like not giving a shit god anyways she Okay, so she was given directions 12.9 by 7 feet, and she she had to lay on it, it on the ground, and then she had, like, some weird pulley system to, like, notice my armpits. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, she had to, like, have some cool, like, pulley system to, like, pour the paint, um, because it was, like, you needed so much material at once that you, like, she couldn't do it. I don't know how she did it. She came up with something. She it was she made the paint in this medieval way, which I'm really into. But it was like essentially, if you know anything about paint, you had to, to use eggs. She used like pigments from nature and stuff. But the eggs were a big part of it. And she had to make the, the paint as they did back then. A lot of people would make paint. And the farmers were kind of like shocked with how much she needed. She like needed clutches and clutches of like several coops at the time. And people were like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. And she was just making the 10 largest. She had a mission. Um, and the paint was very fluid, kind of like splashing a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think that's fucking cool. She yeah. like found the colors that she wanted. She uh, There's like apparently footprints on some of the, uh, if you look closely enough to at the paintings, you can see like a half a footprint and stuff. Like So she was walking on top of it. You'd have to. You would, ha- I mean, she, I, I mean, she had to clear, there was a lot of prep before she even got to the painting. I do not want to know what her apartment looked like. Does she have a studio? She had, of course she has a studio. Of course she had a studio. Yeah, she did not. Yeah. And she shared it with this other woman that became a part of this, actually. Gustav or something like that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> These names. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, and sh- she helped her a little bit during this process, but I'm pretty sure Anna and her were like on the outs. So she started hooking up with this other, that's what I'm assuming, because there was a, I'll, you'll see what I'm saying in a second. But again, I'm like, Hilma, do you have Riz or am I reading? You know, Jackie, our audience is mostly millennials. I don't know if they know the word Riz. <laughs> I think they do. Okay. Riz means like game. They I good at pulling the ladies. So mm-hmm. I do not have the Riz. But not Hilma. Hilma's getting people jealous. I also imagine this world is kind of like everybody's kind of hooking up. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love I love but also, I don't know if they actually were because I think one of the belief systems was like a big thing about the belief system at this time was abstinence was like a way to reserve your power. And I think a lot of men think that too. There's like this weird tech bro, like like Elon Musk probably practiced it. I don't know. There's like 
men's rights activists that's like don't like have the, sex like because don't it, lose yeah you like don't want to lose your chi or something or something which i'm like that's a that's sad for you dude yeah if you don't have any motivation except like horniness then you got a problem and but well if you also think women are stealing your chi from you coming is this like not a way to enjoy sex at all uh-huh. anyways bummer for everybody around <laughs> um but i really hope they are hooking up and I'm just, I didn't really look into detail because I didn't really want to know. I just wanted to imagine everybody's like, or at least like sexual tension is high, uh-huh. you know, in this group. And I really believe that it is. Okay. Because like the writings, anyways, um, at this point, she had made these huge ass paintings in two months, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the five definitely helped. There was a lot of chaos at this time. The special beings really loved it. Again, they gave her so many compliments. They were like, Jude Hilma, you're a G. I really appreciate you. Um, and she became more engaged with the spirit. As she became more engaged with the spirit world, it seems like her real life, her like tangible life was like unraveling. Mm. So this was a heightened experience. Like again, these girls have been at it for like I guess it's a little bit running. These girls have been at it for like 10 something years. I'm sure they were kind of sick of each other. Um, so a lot of people were like kind of at each other's throats a little bit. They just hang out constantly working on this piece of art. And I'm sure a lot of people had a different opinions about what should be happening. And yeah. Helma was running the show. And I think there was probably a little push and pull to that. Sure, too. sure, sure. Well, yeah, it wasn't all uh, pastels and, and one oneness. No, I uh, mind you, all these ladies basically were friends forever, but they did end up like not dissolving the five at some point mm. you know they they were like we need to take a step back they were just like it was getting they had disagreements with the spirits like people were fighting with the spirits you know and that's just Skin you don't want to be there you it's don't like be there. it's like how polyamory it's like you have all these other people you have to communicate with not just your one boyfriend yeah. now you've also got spirits who are pissed at you it's like it's a can of worms and like i remember anna's in this group and i think anna and hilma are like on the offs at this moment in time and like she may or may not be hooking up with her studio partner, the person that's sharing the studio with her at that point. And then all of a sudden her studio friends is like accepted into the five. The spirits are like, we really want her. I would be upset too. Like people are like, like, Oh really spirits? You think she should come into it? Like, but yeah, Hilma was like, yeah, that's what the spirit said. Okay. So what are we going to do about it? So she was invited into the five. And I think that also Wait, who was invited into the five, her studio partner, the oh. one that she was having a, a relationship oh, with wow. Gustav. Like, it's like how it's like Christianity too will be like, well, God told me exactly. I think you guys should all give me some money. Yeah. So there, I don't think there's any money involved. Um, I'm saying it's like you use the, the yeah. being to validate your ideas or a way to like, um, I don't know, hang out with your, the person you want to fuck all the time. Uh-huh. That's what I assume. Okay. The reason I think that is because Gustav, who's like her studio partner, um, I think that their lover situation. Well, this, this is all coming to like tensions were just super high in general. Mm-hmm. There might have been other various reasons. Guston entering the group definitely kind of like made oh, things. For sure. And I love that. I love some fucking drama. I love that it's so probably complicated and weird. Dude, I wish we could have like a you know reality TV style like um, what's it called when you do a interview in front of the camera you're like whatever behind the scenes documentary no there's like a certain word that they use on game of roses that's like uh itm in the moment oh it's called an in the moment where they like 
you know, it's just you and the camera person and they are, and maybe a producer. They're asking oh, like you the questions, interview process, but you yeah. mostly just see what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. It'd be fun to see like the five. And oh, my God. I see everyone being like, well, once, you know, Gustav joined the group, like it's just been utter chaos. Hilma's like, just like so into herself right now. You can just tell. And like Hilma's like completely Delulu, though. She's just like why i can speak latin never spoken latin in her life you right. know spirit also does an itm and it's just kind of like a glowy cloud <laughs> being like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and then like somebody next to him's translating i yeah, love this yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, my um, God. oh we should make this i know we add should. it to the list add it to the list i love that it's just so gay and so weird that like everything's the spirits are involved somehow like they're mm-hmm. fighting like and everybody has like some weird beef with each other that's just so it's weird so polyamorous and, yeah I, I'm just like so into it for some reason and it's also giving girl I don't know there's something girl mm. of course again they were friends forever and Helmo's being probably a little bossy quite honestly probably being annoying and they're just like we can't we can't do this wait what's Helmo's sign she's a i looked it up because i was like she's giving capricorn virgo but she isn't she might have it in her moon for all i know but she's a scorpio okay which she's passionate right and she has a lot of lovers intense loves so that makes sense i think of scorpio women as being so independent like not to be part of girl groups usually but well they're very into their lovers Uh uh-huh they're very into their lovers they love hard Mm -hmm. in a way that you're kind of like Jeez, Louise. I can name like three people now that are Scorpios that I know exactly are like that. Uh-huh. You know, power to you. You know, I just don't have the ca- capacity nor am I interested. Um, but I love lightly. <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> Unreliably. <laughs> when I feel like it. At any point, they disperse. In 1908 is when they break up. Right after the, the large tent. Hilma's kind of like, whatever i'm over it too like she felt like nobody was helping her out when she needed the most help making these paintings she's just like everybody left me which is so dramatic but honestly i kind of feel bad for her yeah i mean she's like listen the spirit told me to make a painting this big so you have to help me yeah it was like this isn't a question like why aren't we all coming together we're all fighting like i need your help and everyone's just like you um which is true um but anyways it's some of her best work she does continue to make three more series, including like the evolution and eventually the the atom, again, showing her connection to the science world, to looking deeper into um, biology and mathematics, but also being very woohoo about it, mm. which we love. And then her mom goes blind and Hilma gives up her studio and she also meets Rudolf Steiner in Sweden for the first time, which he becomes a key player in Thesphophy. Can you say it for me? Theosophy. Theosophy. Robert Steiner. Yeah, he's a big deal. And I think he's still a big deal. She meets him. I read some website where people were like still translating his stuff for free. And I was like, can we? Because he's German. Okay. Um. And I was like, can we calm down? Like, there was a website where people were just like, we're just dedicated. This is what we do. Like, people just do that. I think there's a big, he's, he feels like he's giving cult leader vibes okay. for mm-hmm. sure. But he does a lot of teachings on like color. He, I think he's like the reason we have fucking color psychology. He also did a lot of like biodynamics, like ecology and like research on like, you know, the microcosm and how it affects like the moon is connected to. So he's like in the same harvest. kind of field as like, thing is her where she it's like art science yeah i mean that's he was a leader in the theosophy and they really loved art and they had they had more Hilma wasn't the only abstract artist in that group she was the only professional like trained 
abstract artists, but there were other women that also doing like mediumship that was like, mm. and it all was around this. That's Fofi. That's the theosophy. Um, and Steiner just became like really big into the group. I don't know. Like he became a big deal and Helma like became obsessed with him. I, I don't think Steiner is that great of a guy. What is that uh, school for kids that like they don't let them wear like Montessori? No. Um, uh, the other Wals- one. Not Wallstead. Waldorf. Waldorf. I think he invented Waldorf. I could be wrong, but I, he definitely has the same. It's like definitely Steiner's readings at least stemmed at Waldorf stemmed out of it. Okay. Where they don't believe in like using anything but natural. Like the kids can't go and wear anything unnatural. Like they have to wear like cotton silk or wool great work great uh you know rule to live by honestly it is but it's really hard to achieve if you're not unless you're wealthy like well at the time there wasn't much synthetic fabric oh yeah but now this is now times this is like if you go to the school now like if you have a five-year-old and they come in with a t-shirt that you got from goodwill that has like fibers in it that might be plastic they will send him home they will make you pick him up wow and they're really big on not them watching TV. So if they hear your kids watch TV, they will have a and talk And they're not supposed you. to read till they're seven years old. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I have an ex who was in the Waldorf school, but he said his dad just taught him to read anyway. That's just psychotic. Why do they do that? Well, Steiner probably wrote it, about like, it. Because it changes your brain once you can read. And like, there's so many other ways. I mean, our education system is really focused on reading. Yeah. And like, I love to read, but I do acknowledge that it's also like, only one way to take in information and we For value sure. it above a lot of other like, right methods or whatever he basically is like put on a pedestal he starts becoming a leader people start attending more and more because of him and she wrote to him being like can you please look at my stuff you know he was kind of uh he balked at the idea he's like you're gonna ask me to look at your shit like i'm a genius who are you lovable yeah. Very admirable. But he still somehow it worked out. I don't know how, but she he did eventually look at her stuff. Um, and he focused on primordial primordial chaos. Um, and he's noted them as the best symbolically. <laughs> I just like I'm this is where I get kind of mad at her because I'm just like, why do we give a fuck about this guy? Mm-hmm. Just because he like I mean, yeah, she's like, I just want Lawrence to like my painting and Steiner. She's like trying to appeal to both real and metaphysical men yeah that, that's the problem for sure for sure but um, not only i mean she's also like well anybody house. that's like i think she i think i don't want to believe that she believes in hierarchy because like women are invited to the leadership roles of this but i'm still like what makes him so different because he gives you all these lectures and has these ideas and pushes all these concepts and i'm like but so are you like what makes him better than but she really thinks that he could have helped her figure out what the fuck she's drawing you could see into the spirit world or some something and describe what she's actually painting. I don't know. He's just some dude, like everybody else. Yeah. Why? He just says that he can see stuff. It's like not everybody can see stuff. Anyways, he did keep a photograph of a lot of Clint's artwork, and even some of them were hand colored, which is interesting because hand colored, hands colored. Like oh. she, they painted it. What did you think I said? Like the color of a hand. And I was like, what? But I mean, what? (laughs) What hand, hand? Jackie? Yeah, no. Um, She just colored it in for him. So they got a better idea. But which that's really interesting because Kandinsky and a lot of avant-garde people like were practicing in Steiner's preachings, essentially. Um, But Kandinsky had visited 
id steiner and quite possibly looked at these photographs and quite possibly could have gotten inspiration Mm -hmm. for his works eventually down the line because there was a meeting steiner did have the hold these photos we do we know that for a fact no but i think we are connecting the lines of like chicken before the egg kind of situation because it was such a close call and like who made the abstract art Mm -hmm. um and he did have connections to the same ones that helma did so there's a possibility that they had either interacted he saw her artwork at some capacity is Mm -hmm. what the idea is um and she eventually like after this meeting with steiner steiner's like i don't think the world's ready i also think he kind of talks a little bit of shit um and but i don't know for sure but she takes a four-year break she's like i'm fucking done with painting which is another thing about creativity i want everybody to realize you don't have to be doing it your whole life Hmm. you can take really long breaks and i know a lot of painters and artists that do that that have just to take long breaks from the thing that they love Mm -hmm. and that's normal yeah i feel like it's if it's not driven by like a deep desire to create then it's like not really it's not meaningful and it's like yeah if which is why i feel like we get tired of artists who are just like churning out albums and we're like this isn't really coming from a very genuine place are you calling out taylor swift because that's what i think of no taylor every album of taylor swift is just just as genuine as when she was 15 (laughs) and singing about heartbreak I don't know. Yeah. I just, do you think she'll do like a football themed song about Travis Kelsey? She'll be like, if she's smart, she would. If she wants to you make money. gave me a football. I, I, I imagine said not at all. Wow. <laughs> Take, write that down. I feel like I see her doing like a cheerleader style. Like, but she already did the like, oh, Mickey. Did she? Yeah. That's it's only, oh, Mickey's a 80s song. I know, but she does like her own kind of version of it. She, it's where, no, she's like, I'm a loser. She's a cheerleader. Is that the song you're thinking? No, of? it's like more of a like a. Oh. It's an anthem kind oh, of like yeah, a, like stomp. Haters gonna hate or something. Oh, get up! Yeah, I don't wow. know. It's like uh, I hope the Swifties ha- don't want to kill us at this point. Like, yeah, but I feel like that has a cheerleading motif. Anyway, so she'll have to do something different. Maybe like, or she doesn't. I still think people will buy her shit. Mm-hmm. I am curious what the next couple albums it's gonna be two albums from now where she actually starts talking about their relationship I think I'm just like does she have anything that she's not a person anymore so I don't know does she have anything that we can even relate to and it doesn't matter do we need to relate to art that's another question I asked myself (laughs) am I getting too heady yes let's continue again she's convinced that Steiner is her like fucking soulmate and she never says a bad word about him even though she stops painting after this meeting with him Hmm. so I'm like sounds like he was kind of an asshole but whatever she's not saying that she takes a break and during this time steiner by the way is like kind of replacing a lot of the words they use traditionally in thespy with his own language and it's pissing people off Mm. and and some other differences okay so they had like a spiritual difference or like a a doctrine yeah doctrine yeah and this led to the split in 1912 and then he starts to do anathot anthroposophically oh my god anthropophys i don't even know what that means well it's his version of theosophy okay and hilma goes with like she changes wow wow. they like branch out to i mean god it's like even the even the mystic religion is like 
we're gonna have a bunch of different churches with slightly different beliefs slightly different beliefs yeah because he like still practices theosophy and a lot of his main general stuff it's just like these details that they disagreed on it makes me feel like it makes me think of leftism where it's like oh we all want like health care for all and like housing for people but then i'm i still get annoyed at people if they don't think that like uh artistic expression and culture are like the way to solve world's problems the way to solve the world's problems yeah Yeah, that's how i agree i mean i think that's what they generally all agreed on though that's something that they but it was just Mm -hmm. like i don't know i'm bored of it whatever it is i really wish i knew her personality more helmus because i can't really it's so weird when you try to project what an idea of somebody in the past Mm -hmm. and like from bits and pieces of things that they have left behind, what other people have left yeah. behind. You never really get a full picture. But and usually just, we have like media represent, not usually, but often we'll have media representations that have like decided or depicted what their personality was. And so then we like feel like we do know. Yeah. And I, and I have an assumption and I think she comes off really stern, but there's no way she could be stern and be practicing these kind of things. Like I think there's so much fluidity and like open-mindedness that she can't really be like that rigid but I don't know I guess because it's like the Swedish old like Victorian pictures that I've seen of her like being like like straight up you know like uh-huh. deeply in the camera and not smiling I don't I, I but I think she was kind of playful and fun too I I mean a lot of artists like I do sometimes fall into the trap of thinking that people who like the same stuff as me should be fun and enjoyable but sometimes you have the same interest in someone and they're really cool but their personality sucks yeah I'm not saying that that's her but yeah like she had a lot of girlfriends, like friends. Mm-hmm. I think she was like hanging out a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah, that says a lot. It does. Okay, so we're kind of skipping up. This is like she stays with them. She doesn't pick up her uh, paintbrush until like four years later. And she apparently, the moment she does, she starts to work on the temple, like really gets really into this idea of the temple. But, but the moment she does, like apparently the spiritual beings rush to her aid. Like she suddenly is filled with, I guess she's really just experiencing inspiration in that time. And she's like, I can't not do this. I want to draw. She wanted to basically create like drawings to build this temple. Like her, she had a mission. She had a goal. Try to stop her. You know, she got, she had an image of like completing this. She's like in her fifties at this point. She's like, I really want to fucking make this temple like into reality. And she also really, really got involved during this time as well with plants and she started to say that like plants had spirits and she was making contact with the plants. And if you just listened, they would talk to you basically. She didn't really understand her process of like how she painted. Like she couldn't describe it, but she wanted her work to kind of like speak for themselves because she was, it wasn't from a place of knowledge that we can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously. So she was really getting into um botany essentially and spiritual botany is what she called it oh wow i love that (laughs) spiritual botany and she said i'm obsessed with this i'm obsessed with this collection because it feels so intimate one of the notebooks is called flowers moss and lichen and she like has these small boxes that she draws in and they're all abstract versions of like things that she's looking at essentially mm. and she has like notes and like her own vocabulary to things and mm. um 
But it's like her spending time in nature is just getting really weird, basically. Dude, this really makes me want to commune with some plants. I mean, I keep on forgetting how important it is. I just like, I really hate hippy dippies. I am going to say it. I just don't like the witches that I know. um, Who are like anti-vaxxers now. Yeah. And they're also just not always fun to hang out with. I know. They're so serious. Yeah. And I just like, and I think that's really what's holding me back is like, me being connected to that kind of group of people it's just yeah they have a lot of opinions and I do too and that's the crux of the problem (laughs) Uh they take themselves too seriously to like drink the occasional Mountain Dew code red yeah exactly or wear clothes that doesn't they all wear the same outfits too Mm -hmm. it's like I'm like I'm sorry I'm gonna wear plastic because it's already here and I feel like um we're not doing better by thinking we're better than other people. That's a big one. It's like, I think a lot of those hippy dippy crunchy granola woohoo witches think they're better than other people. Mm-hmm. And they say they love having kids too. And when they have kids, they like think they're making the better choices. And I'm like, it's getting too out of hand of this individualist aspect. We should all be helping each other and getting creative with the pollution that we have created. So mm. anyways, um, I, that's really what's been holding me back from being like, I'm a complete witch. Like, let's get back to nature. It's just being perceived as that kind of person. Right. Sure. But I don't know. I think like a queer witch is like a different vibe. Yeah. I just want to have fun and I should wear, be barefoot and touch the ground every once in a while. I just want to make potions. I just want to make plant potions and like grow plants. I mean... I feel this in this moment. A lot of times I just want to do all my city things lately. Lately, yeah, like I've, been, I've been very disconnected from plants lately. Um, I mean, you can't see, but there's a, a huge amount of plants like in our space right now. And I am constantly growing something, but I still don't feel like I'm connected to them. Hmm. And I feel like I need to do something a little bit deeper, like meditate with them. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> and see, and I, there's a part of me that's like rolls my eyes at that. And I need to get over it. I want to meditate with my fucking plants and I want to give no fucks about it. Yeah. Meditate with your plants, but also make fun of yourself for it. Exactly. Okay. Anyways, um, she also makes the series of the tree of knowledge. Again, very botany based. Um, Then in the set 30s, she starts getting serious about drawing the temple. Like I said, she's entering that era and she's like her plans were like a spiral building. And she wanted to be able to hang her works among the spiral building. Um, and and then at the top, she wanted this like tower that was an observation um, or observatory to like be able to study the stars. Basically, it was supposed to like ignite some kind of thing where you you're one with you felt part of nature. You saw the you would see her works. There would be this, you know, again, microcosm, macrocosm experience with it. There mm-hmm. would be. Art was supposed to connect you with the other spirit. And at mm-hmm. the end, you're supposed to look out and be in awe. It is. It's pretty cool. It's like a pretty cool way to engage with nature and the world in a less like uh, deterministic way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I <laughs> I was like at a wetland study the other day. Or the wetland study. I was like getting trained to look at wetlands. And ecology is so silly. It's so gatekeepy because they're like, if, it's, if it looks like there's a bunch of canopy slash trees, um it's called forestry and i'm like fuck off Hmm. and they're like if it has like shorter um like shrubs then it's got it's vegetated i'm like oh my god this is ecology this is so gatekeepy and they're like it's like basic you just observe with your eyeball and make guesses anyways um well it's like you recognize patterns 
Yeah. Because I mean, it's like, that's how you basically, yeah, that's basically how you talk about different landscapes. It's like, what grows here? Where's the water? Those are the two questions. What grows? What is the topography like? Where's the water? Soil. That's all Soil. Big one. Yeah. Um, so you have to it's usually not get rocket tested. Science. It's not rocket science, but it's also like native people have been doing this forever. Totally. We suddenly came up a way to monetize it, I guess, or gatekeep it in uh-huh. a way that's like, that's what makes me mad about the language of it all. I'm like, yeah. okay, why are we being so fucking weird about it? Anyways, <laughs> um, I was trying to talk about Ilma F. Clint to somebody and they were just like not having it. In the wetlands class? Yeah, I was like, oh my God, there's this artist who basically created abstract art from looking at nature. Because someone else was talking about how like their hobby was like really getting into ecology and like nature and like looking at stuff. And I was like, do you like art too? Because this lady would agree with you. But I don't think they would. A lot of them aren't into that kind of stuff. Yeah. A lot of them are the people I'm talking about with the witchy kind. Anyways, um, I don't know if that's totally true, but she was not interested in what I was saying. So I was like, God, no one gets it. Hilmaf Clint's the shit. It's a hard pitch to make in that moment. It is. Anyway, she also wanted like a garden and a huge library there too. And her location was the island of Bern in Sweden, which was not just randomly picked. She picked that place because it was the home. It was the home of this guy named um, Tycho Brahe, Braha, um, who in the 16th century basically mapped out the stars with his telescope and cosmos and connected them to his garden. He like used the moon as a way to tell him when he should like pick his medicinal harvest like he was he was totally being like you know who about it we love him for it he was a big deal he was like really important to the astronomical world and like the science world and he also had a printing press which is why we know about it huh because he wrote about all his findings okay i'm sorry if you missed this this is the, what's going to be on the island her new like temple the temple that she was trying to gotcha build. again spiral thing at the top garden library uh-huh Anyway, she began to slow down. She couldn't really mix paint at this time. She's getting old. Um, she couldn't stretch canvas. She closed her studio and moved with her supposed lover and former nurse for her mother, Thomasine Anderson, who stuck around till the day she died. Thomasine was like literally by Helma's side till Thomasine died. And when Thomasine died, it literally crushed Helma. She even wrote about how she was she was dead because her friend slash roommate was dead which again no she wasn't so um no she wasn't her roommate yeah she was definitely more than that right she stuck around after her mom died okay like the thomasine was the nurse for Hilma's mom so and they got really really weirdly close thomasine yeah isn't that a funny name yeah like thomas but a girl version i guess don't ask me this is i mean Hilma. what i mean anna's the only one that i'm familiar with but Mm -hmm. um Anyways, uh, she's getting old. She knew her paintings weren't going to be entirely accepted. So she starts to think about, she's like grappling with the present. She's like, no one's really getting it. Um, I'm going to actually store all of my artwork and make sure that no one opens it up until after I die. And 20 years after I die, to be exact. And she puts a big X on all her work that's focused on the temple. Um, and the X is supposed to represent 20 years. She put plus X. So don't open up for 20 years was kind of the point um, after her death. And she writes on her plans to construct a museum to show what lies behind the forces of matter and paints these watercolors during this time that they think predicts the blitz of, over London and the outbreak of war in Spain. Whoa. Okay. Well, I didn't really go into that 
part of it. I was just like, I believe you. Okay, whatever. She did that. Um, while Afclant was painting her temple, something else was happening on the other side. So she's painting representations of her temple. Yeah, I think an architect would look at these and be like, these are in, uh, like, no one can actually make what it's she's It's like trying. one of those renders that, like, is, looks beautiful, but you're like, I don't, I can't. What the fuck? And yeah, it's, it was like, yeah, it was, she was using, you know, the spirits to tell her and guide her. So it wasn't really making, it wouldn't make perfect sense, but she had an idea of what she wanted. And it was spiral something. The, the temple was really famous for that pyramid shape she has with a big star at the back of the ground. It's the cover of like the cult, the cult book of art or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's iconic. Anyways, I mean, it's also weird because she didn't let any of this come out until 20 years after her death. She wasn't heard of. You can't sell any of her shit because it was part of her like collection. Her nephew inherited it. He was not allowed to sell any of it. So her Whoa. her paintings are literally you can't it's worthless in the art world so that also impacts the kind of like it's just interesting that it's taken seriously in the art world yeah and and it's and it's not even allowed to be part of the economy of the art world which is like the art world now so i think that's badass um but also probably very annoying to her progeny or to her like i don't know they love being a part of i think they're fine yeah they're very much a part of Hilma's vibe. Yeah. I'm sure they take donations. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> like um, you're not buying the painting. You're just donating to a foundation. Yeah. That uh, likes her painting. Uh, Anna Castile eventually dies. She's getting really old at this point. Hilma keeps in touch with her via death. You know, she's like calls on her friends. As the older she gets, the more and more she starts talking to spirits because all her friends are dead. And she's just like, hey, I miss hanging out with you, which I think is really sad and sweet because like when when you get older a lot of all i hear about old people is like how all their friends are dying all the yeah, time that's pretty rough yeah it's gotta be hard and i feel like it'd be really kind of nice to have an idea that you're talking to them still like yeah for sure and she said she was and the big loss was tom thomasine like i was saying and hilma really had a hard time with that one um because they were fucking Probably at that end of the point of their life, though, she was kind of blind and not, like, moving they great. They were, like, cuddling. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then towards the end of her life, she really couldn't see. She sounds like she has glaucoma because I just recently was told I might have pre-glaucoma and they have to, like, start taking data on my eyes, my nerves. Oh, no. Um, just that's just my life. That's my genetics. Thanks. Thanks, Dad. She wasn't really able to paint. She kept sketching. Well, she wasn't really doing any like big canvases. She's like 80 something at this point. There's an assumption that Hilma was kind of isolated, but a lot of other writings from other people that were around her show that she was hanging out. She was like hanging out with people. She talked on the phone a lot. She loved to gab. I'm telling you, I think all of this comes out of the fact that I'm on the phone all the time. <laughs> yeah. You came on the phone into my house. Yeah. Yeah. She was just this gabber moves in August uh, of some time moves in with her cousin. Um, uh in stockholm and kind of like lives her last days and then she's hit by a streetcar oh wow i know that's how she ends up dying oh my gosh oh wow <laughs> that it's not a very mystical way to die I'll, i will say it's or like, it is yeah you kind of just like you're gone in a blink of an eye uh, yeah. for no for no reason yeah her nephew eric offclan inherits her work uh so some of it's like 1,300 paintings and 124 notebooks and comprises more than 26,000 handwritten and typed pages. It was kept in his basement, not like really air conditioned. He like 
literally respected her word and didn't open up until 20 years after she was dead. So this was like in 1944 when she died. So it was opened up in 1964 for the first time. Mm -hmm. And he was like, holy shit, this is crazy. Wow. Because it was abstract art, still kind of like crazy concept. Um, Again, she had written to make sure that none of it could be sold. So he had to like, in that it was for, he, she was really belief of that. This art was bigger than herself. Mm -hmm. It wasn't meant for money. It was meant to be shared it was meant to be in awe of it was meant to like explore what it means to be part of the spirit world mm-hmm. and you can't put a price on that baby no you cannot anyways and that's Hilma af Clint. and now we know her and now we're questioning art history and guggenheim museum was like holy fuck we might have fucked this up and it, that's why it was such a big we might have fucked this up and in, in, in that we might have named the wrong person as the big the starter of abstract art yeah and that was it was a big deal in the art world in general because it was like this discovery um yeah and it wasn't being cycled and again like in the economy so there wasn't like any mention of it really until some person was like wait who and then he was i guess great ne- nephew at this point was like yeah my aunt made some abstract art and she's really cool and like she talks spirits so anyways <laughs> Oh man, we love a nephew devoted to his aunt's legacy. She, her burial spot, he showed us her burial spot, but like her name isn't on it. And he's like, how do you know? And he's like, this is where my dad put her to rest. And I saw him do it. Um, and I thought that was kind of interesting. I just love some family lore to it all, you know? Totally. Um, yeah. RIP. That was great. Love you. Love you, Hilma. Yeah. Love Hilma. I love you. Love you. All right. Bye. We're out of here. I'm hungry. <laughs>